Grace, mercy, and God's peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There was a strong earthquake. It wasn't in California and it wasn't in South America. It wasn't even in Puerto Rico. It happened a long time ago in a faraway land, ancient Israel. It happened in the middle of the night when folks were sleeping. Now, as the account was reported later by, by those who experienced the tremors, an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, went to the tomb where a Jewish holy man had been buried a few days earlier on a Friday afternoon. Now, the angels reported to have rolled the huge stone away from the entrance to the tomb. And then he sat on that massive stone and waited. Now, his appearance apparently was breathtaking. It sounds like he just shined as bright as lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Incredible! The soldiers who were guarding the tomb were told they were awestruck and they shook with fear at the sight of this incredible celestial appearance. Now, if you've heard this story before, I'm guessing you have. You know it took place in the very early Sunday morning hours when it was still dark. And it was now the third day since this Jewish holy man, Jesus, had been buried in a borrowed cave tomb. We're told several ladies were finding their way toward the tomb in the semi-darkness. As John, one of Jesus' own inner circle of trusted followers, put it in his written account later in John 20, verse 1, it says it was still dark. And it was. It was a dark Sunday morning physically. It had been dark also since Friday. Dark with Peter's denial. Dark with the disciples' betrayal. Dark with Pilate's cowardice. Dark with Christ's anguish. And dark with Satan's glee. The only ember of light was the small band of women standing at a distance from the cross on that horrible Friday, watching. Now, among them were two Marys. One Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the other is Mary Magdalene. Now, why were they there? Well, they were there to prepare Jesus' body for burial when he finally died. They were there to clean the blood from his beard. To wipe the crimson from his legs. To close his eyes. To touch his face. They were there. They were the last to leave the hillside known as Calvary, where he died on a cross just outside of Jerusalem. They were also the first to arrive at that grave. It wasn't that far away from the executioner's hill known as the Skull, or Golgotha, where Jesus was killed. So early on that Sunday morning, these gals, they leave their sleeping pallets, and they walk the tree-shadowed path toward the cemetery. Theirs is a somber task. The morning promised only one encounter, an encounter with a corpse. You've got to remember, Mary and Mary, they didn't know what you and I know, my friends. They didn't know this is the first Easter. They weren't hoping that the tomb would be vacant. 
They were discussing what their response would be when they saw Jesus' body. They had absolutely no idea the grave had been vacated. Mary and Mary had come to place warm oil on a cold body and bid farewell to the one man, to the one man who had given reason for their hopes. I've kind of wondered over the years if, if kind of halfway down the tomb as they're kind of finding their way at night, they, they kind of sat down somewhere and kind of reconsidered what they were doing. I mean, just kind of what if they kind of looked at each other and, and kind of shrugged. What's the use? What's the use? What if they had given up? What if one had thrown up her arms in frustration and bemoaned, I'm tired of being the only one who cares. Let Andrew do something for a change. Let Nathaniel show some leadership. Come on, guys. I don't think we would have blamed him. Now, whether or not they were tempted to, I'm glad they didn't. That would have been tragic. You see, friends, you and I know something they didn't. We know that the Father, we know that the Father was watching. Mary and Mary, they thought they were alone, didn't they? They weren't. They thought their journey was unnoticed. They were wrong. God knew. And he was watching them walk up that mountain. He was measuring their steps. He was smiling at their hearts, their loving, caring hearts, and thrilled at their devotion. And he had a surprise waiting for them. Ah, when these close friends and followers of Jesus arrived to finish the Jewish burial ceremony, they encountered something extraordinary. An angel. An angel. Directly from God looked right at these women and reassuringly said to them, Don't be afraid. Well, you know, I think that makes good sense, doesn't it? Trying to put these gals at ease. I mean, after all, one doesn't see celestial spiritual beings sitting on a rock every day. I mean, have you? Had to be a bit unnerving. I know if I would have encountered this incredibly brilliant spiritual being whose appearance was shining as bright as lightning, and his clothes were white as snow, sitting on a rock waiting for me, I'm pretty confident... I would be afraid. Well, apparently this angel then went on to answer these ladies' unspoken question. The angel looks at the gals and says, I know that you're looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He's not here. He's risen from the dead as he said he would. And he goes on, come, come. Come and see the place where he had been laid, where his body was. Wow, what a mind blower that had to be. And after the initial shock, they, they probably took a, a kind of a quick look inside that tomb, and sure enough, it was empty. Just as the angel had, had said. And then when the angel finished the message to the gals after they calmed down for a moment, he finished his message to these gals. He said, go quickly, 
go quickly and tell his followers. Tell them that Jesus has risen from the dead, that he's going to go into Galilee ahead of you, and you'll see him there. That was their assignment. Well, you know how you can read a story you think you understand, and then, then you read it again, and you see something that you've never seen? Have you ever experienced that? You know how you can read about that same event a hundred times, and then on that hundred and first time, you hear something so striking and, and new, it makes you wonder if you were sleeping through all the other times. Well, only God knows how many times I've read this Easter resurrection story, a couple hundred probably. I mean, I've taught it, I've written about it, I've, I've preached on it, I've meditated on it, I've underlined it and highlighted it. But you know what I saw today? It kind of caught me a bit off guard. <laughs> One of those kind of smiles and going, well, duh, why didn't I see this before? Because a question came to my mind as I read the text. And the question was this, why? Why did the angel move the stone? For whom did he roll away that rock? I mean, for Jesus? I mean, that was kind of the thought for many years. I just assumed that the angel kind of rolled this, because it was a massive thing. Kind of moved this stone so Jesus could come out. But then, as you think about it, did the stone really have to be removed in order for Jesus to exit? Did God have to help him? Was this death conqueror so weak he couldn't push away the rock? You know, kind of, hey, hey, could somebody out there move this rock so I can get out? Oh, no, no, I don't think so, do you? Well, the text gives us the impression that Jesus was already out when the stone was moved. You see, nowhere did the gospel say that the angel moved the stone for Jesus. Okay, what's the logical follow-up question? For whom, then, was the stone moved? Well, again, listen back to those words that the angel said to Mary and Mary. He said, come on. Come and see the place where his body was. Come and see That stone had been moved, not for Jesus, but for the women. Not so Jesus could come out, but so that the women could see in. Come and see. Come and see. Well, Mary looks at Mary, and she sees this, this grin, no doubt. Grinning, that same grin that Mary had when the bread and the fish kept coming out of the basket that Jesus had provided. That old passion was flaring. Suddenly, it was all right to dream again. And then what does the angel tell these gals? He said, go, not just go leisurely meandering, go quickly and tell his followers. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's going to Galilee ahead of you. You'll see him there. So the gals did. Now, we're, we're told that the, the gals were afraid. Doesn't surprise me, does it you? But here's a very important insight for us. 
and I think it's one that we can take away, one of two I want to share this morning. And that is, these women didn't stay afraid. These women didn't stay afraid. In fact, we're told they were very happy. They couldn't wait to get back to where the rest of Jesus' discouraged and frightened disciples were hiding. I mean, the guys were just itching to tell that group what they saw and what the angel had told them. I mean, their joy and excitement, they almost made them quiver, didn't it? And it made them forget their fear. I love that. I love that. Their joy in Jesus trumped their fear of the grave. Couldn't say that again. Their joy in Jesus, it trumped their fear of the grave. I love that because our God of surprises strikes again. It's kind of as if he said, you know, I can't wait any longer. They came this far to see me. I'm going to drop it on them. Well, here's where it comes down to you and I today, my friends in our world of fear, in our unknown, in what's going to happen today and tomorrow. What happens when these restrictions are lifted, when the millions of people out of work are looking for their jobs back or for new positions? What happens? Where are we going? You think we got reason to be fearful? Yeah, we do. But here's something that I think is helpful for us, my friends, as sons and daughters of God. And that is, God is going to do something for the faithful. You see, just think about it. When the tomb was too old for babies, Sarai got pregnant by Abraham. And just when the failure is too great for grace for David, the sinning king, was David is pardoned. And just when the road is too dark for Mary and Mary, the angel glows. And the Savior shows the two women that he's alive. And their lives would never be the same again. So what's the lesson? Here's our second takeaway. Three words. You can handle this one, friends. You can handle it. Don't give up. Pretty simple. Don't give up. No, we don't know what today Tomorrow, the next day is going to happen here in Minnesota, in the United States, throughout the world with COVID-19. We don't know. Hopefully, it's on its way out. Hopefully, we'll be able to restore and keep going. But my friends, regardless, don't give up. Is your trail dark? <laughs> don't sit. Is the road long? Don't stop. Is your night black? Don't quit. God is watching. God's watching. You know, for all you know, right at this moment, he may be telling the angel to move the stone for you. Maybe the check is in the mail. Maybe you got part of that stimulus check already. Hopefully it brought a smile and hopefully it be helpful. Maybe some other check is on the way and in the mail. Maybe God rolls away the stone, the stone where an apology may be in the making because of some distance and hostility between friends, loved ones, neighbors. Maybe God is rolling away that stone where job contract may be on your desk, in your mailbox, on the phone. 
But regardless, don't quit. For if you do, you may miss the answer to your prayers. I'm guessing you've been praying, haven't you? If you haven't, come on, folks, get with it. You see, God still sends angels, and God still moves stones. May God do so for you and for me, so that we don't give up, and that we can enjoy each day that we're given, knowing that we're with our Lord and He with us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.